Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. The phrase inner child work is quite popular these days. There are a lot of people out in the ether speaking about this work and the depths of healing that come from it. But if you're wondering what the heck inner child work is and why we can't stop talking about it, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest on this week's episode, my friend and mentor, Melissa Green. Melissa is a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. In this episode, Melissa and I are sharing into our own stories of inner child work and giving insight into how to begin this journey of being present with and healing your inner child. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, sweet Danny. It's good to be with you, my friend. Mm. Today we are going to talk about inner child work, and I'm going to be honest that this is our second time recording (laughs) (laughs) because we had to pause the first recording because I needed to attune to my inner child. So I'm really excited to drop back in and be in this energy as we talk about this modality that absolutely has changed my life. Yes. Yes. And let's just be honest. That's what we said a minute ago. This is what we say we're going to talk about, but it might might not end up being that. And we end up talking about, you know, like we said, maybe how sausage is made or something instead. Yeah. We're going to let the energy flow and the moment be whatever it needs to be. Right. (laughs) But yes, I would love to talk about inner child work. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Mine too. And I have to thank you for that because you are the first person that introduced me to inner child work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. I am. <laughs> and I love that you love it because you're very good at teaching it. I mean that sincerely you are. Mm-hmm. And I think you're able to do it in a way that's accessible to people, you know, mm-hmm. that it doesn't, because it sounds woo woo and weird when you start talking to people about their child parts, Mm -hmm. um, because we are not literally like multiple personalities. I don't literally have children inside of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just say that to clarify, I mean, this is, we're talking about neurological pathways, you know, Mm -hmm. a pathway in me that perhaps is 12 years old and knows nothing else beyond that. That's my 12 year old self, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it has really changed my own personal life. I know I've already mentioned that, but also those people that I'm working with to be able to apply this work in sessions, because I would be curious if this is your experience. I just have really anchored into a deep sense of self-worth and unconditional love by doing this work. I think this has really facilitated that for me. Oh yeah. Yeah, if we've got aspects of ourselves that we have split off Mm -hmm. and maybe even not only split off, but hate, then to be able to reintegrate that back, Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's the crux of the basis for any good Mm self-esteem is I actually like who I am and all the parts of me. I think that's one of the reasons why you and I enjoy being together so much. And I may have not have ever told you this before, but I'm sure you have felt it is we bring out children in each other, Mm -hmm. I think, quite a bit. We can become a lot like two little girls sometimes, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. But that requires a sense of safety, you know, and security with someone to at least bring out that playful part, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I think of the inner child, I think of this innocent, vulnerable part of me Mm -hmm. that has 
all different kinds of emotions, you know, but it's that innocence and vulnerability that I feel like hasn't been held in safe ways by me, by other people and experiences. And so part of this work for me is coming to these parts and creating that sense of safety, even if it's just me creating that safety, knowing that I can trust myself, I can support myself and my, all my parts can find safety within me. Yeah. Do you remember like one of maybe the first time or one of the earliest times you actually experienced the sense of there was something else in there. Mm. I, there's another part of me. You felt your child self like, Oh, she's actually listening to me. Mm. I remember when you told me about inner child work and I think honestly it was in a supervision. So I think it was related to me and that moment in time and like specifics of it isn't fully standing out because yeah. what's coming up are more recent times and connecting to that part of me. So honestly, nothing is coming up in this moment that is like, yeah, this was the moment. But I'm curious, yeah. like, do you have one of those moments? I can think of several and they were all shocking yeah. when it happened. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. This is a, an instance where I, I remember probably the, the biggest that it happened was I was working with a therapist at the time and she told me, Melissa, I don't think you like yourself very much. Mm. And I remember like thinking, what? Of course I do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she, she said, you need to go look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. And I remember she and I had been working together for a while. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to her, that is dumb. That is so dumb. <laughs> that's like yeah. something you, I mean, that is, that's not even a, a treatment. That yeah. is silliness. I'm not doing that. I'm like that's not going to fix anything. I just thought that was silly, yeah. but I was so desperate. And I remember it was just a few days later, maybe after that session that I was like, okay, fine, fine. I'll do it. And I went to the mirror that morning. I'm getting ready to look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I love you. You know, and it just <laughs> felt dumb and silly. Like, okay, whatever. And then I did it again the next day. Hello. I love you. And the third day, I love you. It was not very long, like maybe four days in or so. I'm getting ready and I look in the mirror to do my thing that I'm told to do because I'm a good girl and I follow the rules just like my therapist told me to do. (laughs) And I go, I'm going to go back and tell her I did this and it didn't work, right? Yeah. And so I look at myself and I felt something in me Mm -hmm. and it it was a part of me. And I felt her sense of like, oh, she's about to say that thing. She's about to say that thing to us. And I felt her and I was like, oh my goodness, someone has been listening to me. Yeah. Like all of this shit talk has been listening. She heard, I have been talking shit to her yeah. and she actually was listening. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. And I said it that day and I said, I love you. And it felt different because I was mm-hmm. like, I said it to someone that mattered, you know? Yeah. It was powerful, Danny. And then every day after, I know. And every day after that, I say that to myself all the time now. I do. And I'll give myself a big hug. Mm -hmm. I know. And I call myself pet names. What's one of your pet names? (laughs) Oh, I'm Southern. So it's like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. That's probably my biggest one. Melissa, honey. honey. Calm down. Look at all you're doing today. You're fine. And I'll just, it just, and I receive it. Like Mm -hmm. a mama has come and given that to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It works. It works. 
Well, and you sharing that story is making me think of, and so this was maybe a few years ago when I started working with my therapist. And I remember her at the end of a session walking me through just a grounding exercise. And she was like, repeat after me. And we were imagining talking to my inner child. And she was like, I love you. And I remember not being able to say those words Mm. and being like, ugh. Like it felt like this. I mean, I think my face is speaking loudly, but if you're not watching this, I mean, it just felt like the words couldn't come out. Not that they were like gross words. It was so foreign. It was like, I can't access the energy to make this be authentic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what did you do? Did you just kind of like push through and try again? And because that's what I was doing in the mirror. I didn't, I don't think I felt resistance. Yeah. Except maybe to the activity itself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think we had to go through it a couple times and we had done some work at that point, but we went through it a couple times and I think it still felt hard. So we let it just be hard. Like we let that exist. And then I remember to be able to say like, you are beautiful. I love you. You're doing Mm -hmm. a great job. And these affirmations that now I can say and really anchor, like I feel grounded and anchored when I'm saying them. And that was a cool moment to go from, Oh, I can't even say these words. I don't know how to access them to, Oh, now I I can easily say these loving, unconditional affirmations and they land and they resonate and they feel true. Yeah. For the longest time, and you're going to crack up laughing when I say this, (laughs) and you will know why. For the longest time, I have had, and I think she's about 10 to 12. She feels like a middle schooler part of me Mm -hmm. that is so ultra responsible, like, that the mama, mm-hmm. the school teacher, you know, mm-hmm. she takes care of everything. And I've told you this before, how she like carries her little clipboard. Yeah. And she's like, she's making a mark of rights and wrongs, <laughs> myself and everybody else. And she's it's got so like an agenda good. for the day on there, you know, uh-huh. and she's just like totally nerding out with her clipboard. But I think I have had that for a long time. And here's where you're going to laugh. And I was so over identified with her. Mm-hmm. that I actually thought that was me. I thought that was like my healthy adult self. She was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like, she was right with me, like the co-pilot. And oh, she was driving. I was yeah. the co-pilot. I was like, you were in the <laughs> she said, Okay, right. She said, here's what we're doing today. Okay, look at the clipboard. I told you what we're doing. God. And anyway, she's driving at 10. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, okay, whatever you say, you know. Um, and the moment that I, and this was just in the last year, when I realized, oh, shit, this 12-year-old has been running my life. Mm-hmm. And she's a sweet girl. She's done a great job. Yeah. But we were so fused. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even, that has been probably one of the most shocking parts I have ever unearthed <laughs> was that one right there. Yeah. I can imagine the shock whenever you realize, oh, this isn't my adult self at all. No. Yeah. Because I've been doing this work a long time, but I I think, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking about it. It was, I was over-identified and maybe she liked to hide, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the child that I saw in the mirror that day, I didn't mind coming out and saying, oh, say that thing, you know? Right. But this 12, 10, 12 year old was more like working behind the scenes, perhaps. I don't know. And Mm -hmm. two, I guess she was critical. 
to younger part under 10 that looked to her as a caregiver and Mm -hmm. they were bonded more to her than to my adult self, you know? I'm going to have to pay you for this session. Like I'm working through some stuff. <laughs> All I'm doing is some minimal encouragers, but this is the power of being seen, y'all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, and I just, the way that you just phrase that makes me think of how we do hurt ourselves, you know, by allowing these parts of us to come in and parent the rest of them. You know, and Mm. I know that I have parts that like to regulate. Usually it's a teenage part that comes in and tries to take charge and she's really mean to all my other parts. You know, she's not nice. And so learning how to even just recognize, am I in my adult self? Am I disconnected from my adult self? Like who's in charge is so powerful. Again, I think the first place to start is recognize, hey, you maybe have an inner child. You have other parts of you that might be running the show and just bringing presence into that awareness. Yes. And I wonder if you're talking about, well, how do you recognize these parts and how do you know when you're in them? Mm -hmm. But I think often if they are child parts, child parts tend to feel ill-equipped to -hmm. handle things fully. Yeah. Unless it's that 10 or 12 year old. She said she didn't feel that. Now I'm sure at some deeper level, there is a sense of overcompensation that she's born out of for sure. When I am in the other parts or when other people are in those other parts, there is often a sense of separation. I'm separated from resources. Mm -hmm. I'm all by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm on my own. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. There's a tinge of that there. That's one way. That's one of the ways that I know is oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What part is this? Right. You know, what's coming up for me is there was a line in a meditation that you said you were born out of necessity to Mm. these parts of us. And it felt so powerful. Like that sweet little part of yours with her clipboard diligently taking notes, right? And keeping things under control. Like she's doing her job. She's doing what she knows how to do to stay safe and connected. And when we realize, oh, wait, we don't have to do this job anymore and we can support that part in finding a new job, maybe being 12, going and doing 12-year-old things and can invite our adult self back in. There's so much healing that happens there. Yes. And it's a matter of getting acquainted with who the adult self is and What does it feel like to be my adult, to be in my adult? Mm -hmm. Our child parts are often very rigid Mm -hmm. about what they expect of the world, what they expect Mm -hmm. of other people, they expect Mm -hmm. of themselves. And I think our adult self is going to tend to, is able to be flexible. Mm -hmm. That's one of the traits of of maturity, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm able to tolerate this a little bit better than when I was six. I'm able to adjust my expectations. I go into a situation, it's not working out the way I thought. Okay. We're just going to reroute. Let's reroute. Right. <laughs> okay. We're going to do this. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do this. Otherwise I could get hijacked and be in a mm-hmm. child self. That's like, Oh no, we can't do it like that. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not right. Oh, that's so bad. I can't do that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way I think of knowing is there's that rigidity and wanting to stick to the script. Yeah. Cause there's safety in the script. Even if it's not serving us, there is safety mm-hmm. in what is known. It was survival. Yeah. In the script. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting when you were talking about that version of you with the clipboard, because I was observing as you were saying, and I just thought, oh, I just love her. 
And I feel like now's a moment to bring that in of like, of course, our parts are doing this. They're trying to take care of us. It was survival and really Mm -hmm. trying to find that compassion for these parts of us that are just doing what they know how to do. Yeah. When we can't have compassion for our own child parts, it is helpful to find someone else that will. Because that's sometimes a good bridge, mm-hmm. you know, that if you have a friend or a therapist or a partner mm-hmm. or somebody who sees that part of you and yeah. extends it compassion. Yeah. I love her too. I appreciate you saying that, Danny. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think of how much healing happens. Like I think of clients that I work with where some of their parts will come up that really... <laughs> engage in some dysfunctional coping behaviors, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And I will say, Oh, that part of you is here. I just love her. Yes. She's okay. Like she's welcome to be here right now. And like this energy of all parts of you are welcome here and meeting ourselves in that space. And there are even times if I'm working with someone and they have a part that's coming up and they're really angry, I'll even just say a version of it's okay that you're angry. Like you're welcome yeah. here. You're not too much for me. Your anger is not mm. too much. And just giving that space that this part of you can exist and be here. It's allowed yeah. Because when we do that, we can really drop in of what does this part actually need now? How can we nourish yeah. this part of you so they don't feel like they need to protect so hard? Yes. That is, that's love is yeah. allowing someone to just be who they are, even when they're ranting and raving or trembling in fear and crying or getting out her clipboard mm-hmm. and being all rigid about the day, you know, yeah. there is a reason. There's a reason those children behaved that way. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born. I didn't come out of my mother with a clipboard in my hand. Like <laughs> Are you <David> sure? Timmy. <laughs> I'll ask. I'll go back and ask her, but I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. leads to a whole other round of questions. <laughs> but yeah. life happens to us and mm-hmm. causes us. It conditions us to adopt those behaviors mm-hmm. as a way to be okay. Mm -hmm. To just feel secure and safe and loved today. What's coming to me right now is to say, like, we want to drop in in that compassion and understanding and be present and allow these parts to show up and also invite in that energy of our adult selves because we do have the capacity to shift and change how we're moving through the world. We have the capacity to reparent ourselves in the way that we yes. need. Yes. Yes, we do. No, yeah. I want to just, like, move my body. That's exciting. Once you get past the initial shock and maybe some grief learning the stress of kind of learning new tool, adult tools, yeah. uh, because flexibility means as an, when I'm in my adult self, I'm not going to get everything my way. Mm-hmm. Well, the 10 to 12 year old does not like that answer, you right. know? And so we have to grieve, honey, it's too late for that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get everything our way and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you want to cry for a minute about it, you just go right ahead. I'll just sit here with you till you're done. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. that is pretty sucky. I have to admit, mm-hmm. I wish we could have it our way as well. That to me just means like we're being present in the truth of the moment, the actual truth. And yeah, a lot of times it is, oh, the truth is your mom didn't meet that need for you your dad wasn't there or these people that were supposed to protect you actually hurt you or no one's coming to save you. That's right. No one else is coming. And yeah. It is grief in those, those spaces. I can grieve that with enough of an adult presence to hold me in it. Because as a child, 
it's very difficult to grieve without external regulation. I mean, children often, they, they struggle neurologically to manage themselves emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that includes something as heavy as important things I need are not happening. I'm not mm-hmm. getting them. Mm-hmm. And we need the help of an adult to mirror and to hold it. I need to see that an adult is okay while I'm falling apart. Yeah, That's a basic childhood need, but a lot of us don't get it, mm-hmm. you know? So therefore you wind up with a 10 or 12 year old with a clipboard <laughs> running the show uh, until you get enough and an adult said, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. We're going to grieve this. It's what we should have happened years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You become that dependable adult that can hold space and help your younger parts regulate their emotions. Yes. Because there is, this is why I got so excited about what you were saying a minute ago. There is something better beyond the clipboard. Yeah. Like there's some really good stuff. There's like choices. There's freedom mm-hmm. to do all kinds of stuff off of that list. Yeah. She might have great ideas on there for sure. But there are other ways to be okay now. It yeah. actually starts to become kind of fun, you know, mm-hmm. when you get past the the hurt. And I think it's important to validate that because it can be difficult and painful integrating, but it's a clean pain. It's a clean pain that is mm-hmm. bringing us back to who we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth it. This is a silly visual, but I think of this sometimes it helps me in moments of big emotional pain when I'm doing some inner child work is, have you seen Hunger Games? Yes. The way I say, and I've totally shared this with clients I've worked with, it's almost like I'm showing up as tribute for my inner child. And I'm saying, I will feel this for you now because you couldn't then. And that's the way that I (laughs) enter into this where it doesn't feel too big then. It feels like, oh, I'm taking care of this younger part of me and I'm feeling it because I'm an adult now and I can and I'm safe. So I just wanted to share that. Yes, that's so healing mm -hmm. to be able to do that. I don't even know where that came from, but one day I was like, oh, it's kind of like this. I'm just stepping up as tribute. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's nice. I Mm. like it. I'm thinking like, is that, because that seems like that was very intuitive for you to offer that to a child part. And what ways Mm. might we do that with children, like as in their development, Mm. that sometimes we may need someone, I guess it's a, it's a type of mirroring, you know? to say, you seem really sad today. Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, and they're giving it back to you, like with their facial expressions or their body language. I think we probably do in some ways. At least as a child, we probably feel like they are feeling it with us. They're kind yeah. of teaching us a little bit how to do it. Mm. Well, I, I think what comes up right now is I think by me visualizing it in that way, I can stay grounded in my adult self. Whenever a part tries to come in and say, but wait, this is too much. I can say, Oh no, I can handle this. You know, I can step up and process this emotion right now. So I think almost it probably came up to help me ground into my adult self and feeling confident in that. Yes. There are times, and I will tell people, if you can't access an adult self, Mm -hmm but you have the sense to recognize I'm hijacked right now. Right. You know, I'm hijacked, but I can't find adult self anywhere, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. that it never hurts to go back to the, I love you. Even if it feels trite, even if it feels empty, if you've had enough experience to know that that's true Mm -hmm. or a part of you 
knows, yeah, I probably do love myself. Not always or consistently, or but I, I do. That, mm-hmm. Yes. To just come, whatever the hijacked place is, to just be able to give it some compassion. I love you. Mm-hmm. I see you. I love you. Yeah. If that's all you can do. Sometimes it's the life raft, mm-hmm. you know, that will get you back to the shore until it kind of starts to sink back in again. Oh, Oh, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not alone. I'm seen now. I'm not split off because when we split off those child parts, they really are kind of forgotten. They feel forgotten. Well, and I think you've already mentioned this, but about those resources too, where it could be a therapist that can model what your adult self and that energy could look like, or even a friend. I mean, I said this prior to us recording, but I had thanked you for seeing parts of me whenever I have trouble connecting to them. You yeah. know? And so you've definitely done that for me. And then I've also used meditations, like inner child meditations, and used the person that is guiding the meditation as that resource of, okay, I can't fully access my adult self right now, but this person can for me. And then I can yes. more fully connect to this observer. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. I use that a lot too. I have a couple of meditations that I go to when I can't pull myself out of a, a place and mm-hmm. she reminds me, she is able to call out my adult self. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes music can do that for me, certain songs mm-hmm. or certain artists. I feel like I get aligned in my adult self. Joni Mitchell does that for me. Oh, she does. I just realized that as we're having this conversation, that's one. And I love music. I love lots of music, but she, I think in particular, there's something about her energy and her lyrics that bring me back to my adult self. Mm, I love that. And Mm. I'm curious, we've already kind of spoken to this, but if someone is curious into inner child work, like where would you recommend them to start? That's a good question. The first thing that popped in my mind is there is a psychologist, a writer that I love, John Bradshaw, and I'm probably, mm-hmm. I probably had you read him. His books are very heavy, and it might be difficult to do that without the support of a therapist. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to be in therapy to do this work, but it helps. And especially if you have a therapist that's familiar with doing internal family system work, mm-hmm. who or at least is familiar with the language of it, that's the best place to start. There's lots of good resources now just great videos and podcasts and articles. I think it's becoming a little bit more, a little bit more well-known to be able to talk about that, but probably starting with a therapist, I think is the best way. John Bradshaw talks a lot about it in his books. I think it's called Homecoming. Mm -hmm. That one is specifically about doing inner child work. Transactional analysis is a type of therapy where I got adult self, adult Mm -hmm. child and parent was from that old book. I think it was from back in the sixties. I'm okay. You're okay. I've seen that in your office. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really Mm -hmm. good book. It's classic. (laughs) Well, and thanks for naming some of these therapeutic modalities too, because I think it can be really overwhelming for someone that's looking to do this work and even looking for a therapist, but there's so many different modalities and things out there and different credentialing, you know, things that can be really overwhelming when you're trying to find help. And so I just love that you named those. Yeah. If someone is naming that in a bio or wherever, they're probably savvy, savvy enough to, and if you go in and say, Hey, I think I'm realizing I've got some child parts I've neglected or some child Mm -hmm. parts that are, are hijacking me and driving my bus. 
Mm-hmm. I feel drawn to name this because this happened to me when I started actually investing and doing my own inner child work. I had a lot of resistance to this work and years before I was ready to do it, I had a therapist bring it up and I was like, no, no, I had a really great childhood. Nothing nothing to see over here, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that defensiveness wasn't any indication of the work that there was to do, just honoring any resistance that you might have. And the thing that I like to say is, God, like no one escapes childhood without inner child wounding. You know, it's, we're all human. it's part of just normal development. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, you know, I had some severe wounding abuse or neglect, but the fact that, and again, I appreciate that you said that because I think it's part of our adult development to know we can be honest about who our parents actually are as real people. And it's mm-hmm. not a betrayal. It's not a betrayal to just tell the truth that my parents did these, these, and these things for me that helped Mm -hmm. shape me in ways that were helpful. And -hmm. they did these things or failed to do these things that wounded me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we're in here attacking them and blaming them for all my problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not betraying them by being honest about this is the impact it's had on me in my life. And I can't lie and act like that didn't happen and that it didn't shape me in ways that I'm now having to really contend with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me and my experience, it helped me deepen my relationship with my parents because they were safe people that I could do this work and also maintain the relationship. So I was able to show up more authentically and more grounded, more in my adult self. Yes. That's a good point. Because otherwise, we're probably sh- still showing up. How many of us get around our parents or you go home and you get around siblings or whatever and you feel like a kid again? You slip right back into some child parts uh, yeah. for good or bad. Mm-hmm. Is there more in this moment on inner child work or parts work that when you check in, you want to speak into or name? Mm, I don't think so. I think I feel, I think I feel pretty clear. I just want to say, I love this work and thank you for introducing me to it. Yeah. I love that you were open to it. Yeah. You're very welcome. You are very welcome. (laughs) Melissa, if someone is looking to connect with you outside of this episode, how do they find you? You can find me at M Green. It's green with an E on the end, mgreencounseling.com. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You're welcome, my friend. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.